Big Fluff. You're listening to Hobo Radio. And now, your host, miniature dog enthusiast, Joel Murphy. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And today, I am very excited to bring to you my interview with Nikki Lindroth von Barr. And I have to tell you, you're going to hear it in the interview, but I recently discovered Nikki's work uh, on the Criterion channel because they have her short films and I started watching them. There's a, the first one is Tord and Tord and I was absolutely obsessed with it. And I, I ended up watching all the ones that were available on Criterion. There's four of them there. And all of her films, as we'll get into in the interview, they are stop motion animation with animal characters and very detailed sets and they use this world uh to really explore uh, kind of the human condition and you know a lot of different themes like loneliness and existentialism and it's really fascinating because it's that but it's animal characters and the characters you know make it fun and there's silly jokes there's visual jokes it, it reminded me a little bit of BoJack Horseman in a way of just the way that you can use animation and animals to deal with, you know, some really dark subject matter and to make it more palatable. And for me, this is what I've needed. Uh, I think we can all agree it, it's been hard lately. And, you know, the last few years in particular have been very difficult. And so this really resonated with me, these films that are essentially about characters going about their everyday lives while really struggling with these uh, bigger picture issues. And I don't know, they, they made me feel less alone. They, they made me help me process my emotions in the way that I think really great art does. Uh, so then, of course, I, you know, I, I had to look her up. I had to see what else there was. I watched, she does one of the three films in The House, which is an anthology series on Netflix. So I watched that and then that was it. That was everything that was available. So I figured the only next logical step to do was to reach out to her personally and see if she would talk to me for the podcast. She was very generous to do that, especially while pregnant, uh, which I really appreciate. I really loved this chat. It was fantastic for me uh, to really get into the like nuts and bolts of her process to hear uh, it's cool. You're going to hear like I share some of my interpretations of her work and she kind of gives me some information to contextualize it a little bit clearer on what her intent was. Uh, and, and all of that is really fun. She's a really wonderful person to talk to. Her work is great. I hope you will check out this interview. Then I hope you'll go watch her stuff. Uh, but without further ado, here's my interview with Nikki Lindroth von Barr. You're past the due date, so it's like any day 
no. Well, yeah, not past, but it's like, and yeah, okay. it's literally yeah. every day. Yeah. So, yeah. so oh, wow. uh, which you sort of feel in your, yeah, you feel it <laughs> yeah. uh, in a sort of bad way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for doing this, especially under those circumstances. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll try not to give birth during our conversation at least. I gotta be honest, that would be pretty exciting. I feel like that would be an exclusive. Like, that would be... <laughs> exactly. You could, um, maybe you can teach me how to sort of um, do this sort of breathing yeah, exercise <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so I I found your work recently, like, um, it's on the Criterion channel here. And that's where mm -hmm. I, I started watching it. And uh, I love stop motion anyway, but like, I just... It just hit me now. Like, I just, I don't know. I'm in the right place, like, exactly. Like, I watched it and I just loved it. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you and talk to you because I, I just think it's great. So that's why I'm really excited. Uh, Thank but, you. But, but I'm curious. So, where, so for me, like, I have a very distinct memory of when I was a kid, like, watching Nightmare, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And then. Mm -hmm. Uh, they made the, this HBO had this like behind the scenes documentary where they showed how they made it and you could actually see mm -hmm. the work and you could see all the different like faces that they would replace. And and so like I think that's for me, that's what sparked it. But I, I'm curious for you, like, was there a moment like that? Was there something that got you interested in stop motion or, or where did it begin? Well, I was definitely a big fan of that film. That's a great film. Uh, but I think to me, it was maybe more than just being uh, fascinated by uh, animation. I mean, like, of course, like many of us were fascinated by animation when we were kids. But but, but uh, I think for me, it was like I, I grew up in kind of a, a sort of artist, artist family, like fine arts. Uh, uh, which was quite it, it was it was a quite sort of loose situation like we had many like sort of quite sort of original people hanging around and <laughs> you know so so i felt that that world i i really wanted to express myself creatively some like in some way but i felt that like working with with art in that sense was just a bit too sort of um, you know, I, I kind of missed the lack of routines and, uh, uh, I really wanted to have like a proper job, <laughs> uh, with like deadlines and, and assignments and uh, things like that. So I studied actually, what I did was I studied to be a prop maker and like a set designer, uh, to begin with. Um, and that's where I sort of, uh, like I just became so much in love with, you know, working with my own hands and just being so much in love with like materials. And like, I, I, I'm still, I, I'm a very sort of tactile person. So I kind of, I got into like prop making and also like from, from, you know, making things for, for stage and, and films. Um, I just found that to be like a, yeah, like a huge interest of mine. And, and then, um, but then also like combined with, I, I have like a huge interest in film in general. I, I love that. I love the film media and, and, and being able to, you know, working with narratives like that. So I think that was the combination that, um, that made me, um, go towards uh, stop motion animation or like stop frame animation because um, like I could sort of create my own 
universe and create my own characters and make them come alive but also with within like a very sort of in a tiny basement like <laughs> using miniatures like using tiny tiny amounts of materials but still just doing my fit thing and having the freedom of also um yeah just creating those the stories that I wanted to tell so a, a bit more like that than just being very sort of fascinated with animation in general which I sort of painfully uh, experience each time I'm in, um, <laughs> you know, juries in animation festivals and everyone is just like, oh, and that name and that name. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that name. <laughs> it's like that, that uh, animator. Yeah, he's really good. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, try, I try to hide that a bit that I'm not, I'm not that nerdy about animation. I, I love that you had this inverse. I feel like so many people... Uh, who become artists, it's like they 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 come up in a family that is very office, you know, get a nine to five job and then they, mm. they find that that doesn't fit them and they want to go live an artist life. But I love that you had the inverse of that where you grew up in this artist thing and you're like, but I need some routine. Like, I know. Yes. <laughs> like, that's great. Yeah, that was my sort of way of re rebelling towards yes. my parents. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then I, then I ended up uh, studying fine art for five years as well. And I'm also, I also do exhibit um, my films and my uh, my sets and puppets as sculptures in galleries. So so uh, I sort of ended up there anyway. <laughs> like people saying they're not going to be doctors, but they end up there anyway. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and yeah. So you mentioned yeah, like the the prop making and semi and like I think that that is what stands out to me too when I look at your work is that the the sets are so detailed. Like there's so much attention to detail and and so i i'm curious about that because particularly like i think it was watching the burden that it hit me where it's like uh there's a grocery store and then there's all these like little <laughs> like each <Yes>. thing <laughs> each you know grocery item is you know you had to make that <laughs> like, yeah don't remind me <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, but i'm curious oh, yeah. yeah i'm just curious like what so what is that process like for you like do you do you kind of like go to a grocery store and you take a bunch of fo reference photos or yes. like what is the process of, of making something that detailed? Well, I think, I mean, to me, I think I always start like a film project or an idea with, with the actual, you know, surroundings or, or environment. I think that like, to me, the, the, yeah, the, the place, the place where the characters are, uh, like where, where something is happening is like equal to my main character. That is my main character sort of. So, so, um, um, that's always like a, a really, it's kind of where I start, uh, basically like using, uh, sort of bathhouse for bathhouse and uh, yeah. sort of shopping mall for the burden, um, et cetera. And <clears throat> so, yeah, I put a lot of effort into, um, kind of just like making this uh, making these sets as real as possible uh but within this miniature uh context like i, I put a lot of effort like like you say i i sort of i i do a lot of documentation especially and especially because i really want to sort of keep track on the on the details that you don't necessarily pay attention to uh when you just visit like a, a, a supermarket, for example, like what kind of, um, you know, ventilation is that? Or like what kind of, why is it like that kind of button on, on the wall? You know, because these details are like, sometimes they don't even make sense because maybe someone put it there and then sort of 
change their mind or you know it's been like rebuilt or so so but i think those those details um are the ones that kind of makes it all authentic uh to to that point that i want to sort of um yeah that i want to achieve so i mean uh, um so, so yeah i use a lot of the, I, i take a lot of photos and i also like measure a lot i like like if a total freak i sort of <laughs> i was sort of sn- sneaking into different bathhouses here in, in sweden <laughs> and just like measuring like different like tiles and different you know uh this i'm taking a lot of pictures and i was sort of like thrown out because like you don't you, you can't take pictures in bathhouses you know I'm, I'm not taking pictures of naked people i'm taking pictures of this uh this dirty wall or something you know uh but but like so so i use I, i'm quite true to to real measurements uh scale down obviously and and i also i also feel quite attracted to the sort of traditionally non-attractive environments uh i feel that i i sort of choose environments that some somewhat uh gives me like a, a bad feeling to begin with like a sort of this kind of sort of car like uh, you know these shopping malls that are just like for for sort of car driven consuming and like there's no sort of social gathering places it's just like big 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 you know unhuman shopping malls and so so i think like i i i had that sort of feeling of um like that sort of unpleasant feeling about those places but but that's also why i i think i maybe maybe just like i kind of like to to rebuild those places as some kind of therapy and just like sort of give them that much love and attention and uh (laughs) Uh, <laughs> and use them for something maybe maybe it's a maybe it's just therapy this whole thing <laughs> i think all art is therapy i think that's yeah, pretty true of course, uh, of course. but I, i also love the note that uh, essentially you it was almost like this method thing that you were doing because bathhouse uh, has characters that are sneaking in without pain and you were literally doing that to make it so i think yeah. that's great uh, <laughs> uh, but no I, i think that's a, a cool point that you bring up which is In a live action film, like you're going to have like a set and you would go to and film it. But like the thing that probably differentiates animation is that everything is intentional. As you're saying, like all these details that would just be built into the set, you get to choose like you get to choose the light fixture and the Mm -hmm. the vents and like every. So that is a very fascinating. uh, Yeah, you you really start with nothing. That's uh, that's a very sort of special situation. Like it could be a bit sort of tiresome. I mean, definitely making like a supermarket was like you know it took me like three months of just like you know (laughs) folding tiny milk boxes and you know it was uh, that was like completely horrible to be honest. But it's you know it's it's uh, you do what you gotta do. (laughs) (laughs) What what is the timeline of? uh, I mean, obviously they get more ambitious, so I would imagine that it changes. But but even for like I don't know, toward and toward, uh, like Mm -hmm. what what is the timeline from the idea to then you have to build the set and the characters and like you know. Yeah, I, I I would say my my first four films that that's well not something to remember because that's only five minutes but but the other films are like 12 14 minutes and i think they all took me about two two and a half years to make because i mean that that's also obviously like a matter of of budget and being able to hire or not hire assistants and i i i have 
um, I have been able to to uh, to hire assistants like you know here and there, but like it's it's also just been me for very long periods of time. So I mean <clears throat> that it's you know it takes time, but it, it's also just um, just animating in itself. It's I guess you kind of animate maybe like three to six seconds each day and and uh, then just you know building everything in in that level of detail you know it takes time so but on the other hand on the other side i mean the, the this netflix show that i was a part of the house that that entire project i think took that's like one and a half hours of animation that took i think all together two years so so Obviously, when you have, you know, a big team, and a slightly better budget, it, it helps. <laughs> yeah. Versus you literally making everything and you, you know, moving mm-hmm. an arm an inch and taking a exactly. new photo. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and do you have like a studio or is this in your house? I'm just trying to picture the actual process mm-hmm. of where you're shooting. <laughs> No, I could never shoot in my house. I would never do that. I mean, yeah. like uh, ever since... Uh, uh, well, I mean, if I had a house, but I, I've always lived in tiny apartments, but Me so, too. so yeah. I, I've always had a, <laughs> yeah. uh, some kind of studio. I mean, like different kind of basement, um, different kind of basements around Stockholm where I live. So you can um, escape for a while. You can leave. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think I, I would, I would kind of, I think that's also sort of where, where my sort of, uh, I feel very stressed out to be about being that kind of artist that just sort of leaves your sort of dining table with just like things and materials, you know, I, I, I really want, I want to have a sort of clean space in my head, at least for like a few hours <laughs> each day. Well, that's, that's so, the routine um, part that you wanted. You, yeah. you, you can clock out and you can go home yeah. and leave it. That's really yeah. important to me. I mean, like yeah. when I was in art school, it was, you know, everyone was just like sitting around in their, in their studios and just like having beers at night and sort of semi working during day. But it's, I could never do that. I, I, I'm really like, I want this sort of nine to mm-hmm. five situation. It's really important to me. Um, but, but, uh, I mean, so I've been kind of prioritizing my own space, even though like, even when I didn't have so much money. I think that's like something to prioritize if you have the possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, so I'm curious to like your opinion. I know it's always dicey, like to share my interpretation of your work, especially to you. But uh, mm-hmm. I think why it resonated with me, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, is like watching it now, like watching these films sort of during COVID and during this like moment in history. I. I kind of love that there is because I feel like I'm operating in a world where I'm walking around and nothing feels okay, but everything is still churning along as normal. And that's kind of what I mm. get is almost like this existential dread. <laughs> it like yeah, kind that's of true. That's un- true. Yeah, like underneath the surface and a lot of like because a lot of you as as we've sort of talked about, it's it's these very normal settings. But it's these people and, and almost like normal situations too. There's nothing like very extreme that happens, but it's just like these moments of uh i don't know like dread for the characters or like these very mm-hmm. yeah is that intentional or is that just like no that's very intentional i think uh, and I, I think that's also why i've chosen to work with this kind of aesthetic that that is um uh, stop motion animation because i think it's also something about you sort of almost feel uh 
it's like almost familiar everything it's like a familiar um space but then uh, a rabbit with uh, you know comes in uh, yeah. with clothes you know it's it's a, i think it's a fun way of sort of playing around a bit with that sort of unsettled feeling i always go for like this sort of contradictional unsettled atmosphere it's like is this fun or is this like scary or is it sad you know like i I think that that's something i that i'm that i've always been drawn to quite a lot and and i think that's especially by using animal characters i think you you sort of get almost like maybe almost like lured into to a, a a place where you know i sort of play around a bit with the silliness and maybe like flirting a bit with with children's culture with this sort of silly cute looking animal characters but it's also like the the actual themes and the the ideas behind my films are quite dark and it's about sort of existential anxiety and sort of dystopical themes and you know our littleness in the universe (laughs) and things like that and i think it's just becoming darker and darker like for like like for all films I make, it's just like getting, it's just getting worse. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also having more fun in a weird way. So yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, yeah I yeah. think it was, yes. Cause something to remember, I mean, outside of the Netflix one, like I think that would mm-hmm. be the most recent one. Right. And I, it literally, if I'm not mistaken, opens with a child in a zoo, like talking yeah. about the devil. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's it's like a a, doll, a pigeon uh, child and and uh, her father sort of standing uh, in front of like a, a, an animal cage that is also empty, which is uh, I I felt was a bit sort of was it, I, I actually I actually took a few real photos like many years ago from from Ber- when I was visiting a zoo in Berlin where. It was just such a strange atmosphere because we were in this um, indoor zoo and all cages were empty for some reason. Maybe they just were sort of cleaning or something. But it was just such a weird thing to sort of experience a zoo without animals. And you you just see their sort of little sort of animal props and the food, (laughs) uh, you know, cans and stuff like that. But then, yeah. So, um, and yes, that film is very dark but it's 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 quite interesting because it was really the film that i enjoyed making the most i had a lot of fun while making that film and it's so it's a bit ironic maybe because i i was um, i just came back from being on parental leave with my first with my daughter uh so that that's obviously like the the idea that i sort of um had in my mind while being at home with a baby for six months <laughs> this kind of sort of dystopian um, uh, lullaby maybe uh, but it, it's like I kind of wanted to I kind of wanted to sort of present the world to my daughter in, in its all sort of strange and uh, horrible ways but, but it's also something to laugh about you know it's yeah. also a bit funny everything it's just like it's just a bit ridiculous. So I think it's, I think it, it's kind of like that film has kind of grown on me. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I like it more when I see it now. Uh, and I also I got like quite, um, I also got quite sick when I was pregnant last time. So I also, 
that that um, the the slug that's taking its blood pressure in the doctor's office, uh, singing about like the eternal griefs that lives inside him and stuff like that. that that's that's me. I'm a slug. <laughs> that's also <laughs> that <was his> therapy. <laughs> that's one of my favorite visual jokes in any of your because it's just the blood pressure cuff around its waist, like really, yeah, like, exactly. it's just fantastic. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I like it's funny that you say that, too. And like talking about your kids, because like I definitely I don't know if you were like this, but I was a kid that I had a lot of anxiety and I mm. and I I so I feel like I would have found your stuff very reassuring as a kid, like, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way of like, I don't know if you've seen like Adventure Time or something like that. But uh, there's there seems like there's more animation now that seems like it's made by people who were anxious. And it's like I, <laughs> I sit there and go like, man, I wish I had this stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's true. I was I was very anxious as a kid. I'm, I'm a quite anxious person now as well. So I think it, it is definitely some kind of therapy and uh, like making this for sure. But but uh, but I was also very drawn to sort of dark dark culture, like how 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 dark you could sort of find culture in in children's culture when I was little. But it's uh, I, I'm not I I, I think. I think it kind of has its purpose to to not be sort of scared to show kids uh, dark sides of you know life. I, I was really sort of fascinated by that, but also maybe because you like when you have like an inner uh, anxiety or something, it's it, it could just feel so like maybe you feel really alone with it when you like, yeah. or maybe you you kind of like maybe you feel like you're not alone when you when you see. When you experience something like you know a film or something that it's um, that that has you know darkness in it as a kid, like it doesn't need to fuck you up, you know. It's, yeah. it's the opposite. Yeah, well, it's yeah. I I feel like there's this instinct uh, for adults to protect kids because they think they can't handle it, but really, one kids are way more adaptable than adults. I think like and can mm. handle, and two, like I think by if you're a kid and you're anxious, but then no one will engage with you, then it makes you feel worse because yeah. it's like, you feel like there's something wrong with you. Like, well, I yeah, feel exactly. like this and nobody, everyone's pretending like I shouldn't feel like this, but I do. Yeah. It's like nothing worse than just feeling sort of isolated with those feelings. I mean, that's, that's the worst. I mean, yeah. no matter how old you are. Yeah. Well, and, and again, to, to bring it back around to me as an anxious adult, like watching your stuff, I think mm-hmm. that is why, in this moment, like I said, like with COVID, with everything that's going on, I think that's why, like, I started watching this stuff and I'm like, this is exactly what I need to be watching right now. Of just these animal creatures going about their day and they are not all right. And that's like kind of beautiful, but it's still like there's joy and there's silliness and all of that. But but no, I, I love that. So thank you for that. Like that, is, that does well, feel thank like you. Uh, thank you for saying that. I think it was it was quite interesting because, I mean, I. I um I released that film I think just like a couple of months before COVID hit, uh, so I I I I wasn't aware of COVID at all by that right. time. But but I think it was it was quite interesting because that film actually, uh, even though it was only sort of, uh, you know, touring the festival world uh, online, so that be- became obviously something else than sort of traveling with 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 your film that I've done before. But but it it it. it did get quite a lot of attention and a lot of sort of awards and stuff. And I think it's, it's, I think that's all thanks to COVID, to be honest. It, it oh, like, yeah. You know, I had so many sort of jury 
you know, motivation that was like, yeah, this is just spot on, you know, to, to like this, this times and blah, blah. And it's just like, yep. <laughs> but, but it's, <laughs> I was right all along. <laughs> yeah. You were ahead of the, I think that is a, for all of us that just constantly live in fear of like this stuff happening. It, 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 there was that moment of like when COVID hit of like, see, like this is, this yeah, is why I've totally. been anxious. But, but, yeah. but I was also quite surprised that I, I reacted quite uh, calm to, to well, that's what I mean, I mean because we've been prepping a lot of friends that were just sort of freaking out and I was just like yeah but you know it's not too bad you know or I mean like it's uh, because you've sort of lived in that sort of right. chaos inside yourself and then when it actually happens uh, yeah but we still you know, we're alive. It's all good. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think like people like us, we, we were, we were more prepared for this moment because we're always sort of thinking of the worst. No, it could have been way worse guys. Like, I know yeah. this is very bad for you, but like, trust me. <laughs> that is very interesting. I, I, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that. Like it's, uh, Maybe you sort of gain something from worrying your entire life. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you're, you're less blindsided, I think, if nothing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I do like, I do want to talk a little bit more about uh, Tord and Tord because like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super fascinated by that one because that was your first like one that yeah. you made, right? And it's, it's in some ways very small, but in some ways, like, I don't know, it's I'm like, it's. I think that one hits me the hardest, like, because there's just something yes. about it of, um, and I guess to set it up if people haven't seen it, but it's, so it's, uh, there's a character named Tord and he finds out, like he walks into an apartment it, because his name is on the apartment, but it turns out his neighbor is also named Tord and he's sort of mistaken, uh, that apartment for his, and they become friends solely based mm-hmm. on the fact that they have the same name. <laughs> And what plays out is like we're in his head, he's narrating it. And then they assume that because they have this one thing in common that then uh, they will then that they're the same, basically. And then what it sort of unfolds as them realizing that they've built up this relationship in their head and they aren't, you know, like they only really have this one thing in common. And it sort of becomes heartbreaking from that. And I don't I just the last shot of that when he realizes that the other tort has just left is, I don't know. It's like hauntingly sad, but I, I love it. Like it's, I don't know. Yeah, do, do you want me to sort of add my, Please. my theory or, or would you like to sort of just stay, stay? Because I, I think it's quite an open ending and I think it's nice that people have sort of different ideas about this story altogether. I think that's a sort of sweet thing really. Or I mean, like it's, it's, uh, well, it's really nice, but. But I mean, like this, this whole story is, um, it's actually based quite a lot on, it's, it's, it's actually a short story that's, uh, that's made by my friend who's an artist here in Sweden and, uh, which I sort of, uh, adapted to, to uh, a script, but that story is quite, it's, it's, it's quite a lot about sort of mental illness and the sort of pre-state to schizophrenia. So it's, oh. uh, it, it's a little bit about sort of, um, before, because like usually before you get sk- like full on schizophrenic, you sort of start to, to, to see like patterns and codes like in your everyday life that are not necessarily there. So, so to me, it's about, you know, the loneliness of toward and, and, uh, and also like, Finding a friend, possibly that's that's um, that he that he um, 
shares this uh, fascination with uh, with codes and um, uh, yeah, with just codes and patterns. Um, so so that's a little bit. I mean, it's a quite sort of dark theme, but it's also it's also quite interesting because because people do interpret it, this film in very different ways, and I think it's not. I mean, nothing is wrong. I think it's just really yeah. nice. Uh, definitely. What, yeah, and I yeah because I didn't mention the codes, but yeah, I still like yeah the way that I saw it watching it. I, I it, that was kind of the codes were the way that like at first they're very much syncing up, but then it's what kind of drives the wedge in between them is the fact that they they interpret a code in a different way, and then that's kind of <laughs> once that happens, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, no, that's I actually really like that. You know, I like getting the context. Yeah, but it, that is the interesting thing about like anything artistic right is that it's like i mean I, I was an english major so that was a lot of what we did is like you sit there and you decide no this is what the author of is about. <laughs> like, so no but i think it's uh, i think it's interesting because like when and i think that's a sort of interesting um part of being like a filmmaker and artist as well it's like when when you're done with your work you just leave it to the audience and you can't do i mean that's you, you you sort of give it to an audience and just it's it's up to them to 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 decide what this is and i think that's a quite sort of i i think like i think it's something sort of healthy because i do have quite a sort of i am quite a control freak but it's something really sort of um relieving about just like okay now it's you know it's not mine anymore this is yeah. this is uh this is yours, yours to sort of interpret. But it's 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 been quite fun with that film actually because I had that was my first uh, animated film and and uh, for like I was really lucky to be quite I mean it was quite successful and it was sort of traveling the world quite a lot and and um, uh, and I came to realize how different different audiences were interpreting uh, interpreting uh, this film. Because I mean, when I when I in Sweden we have like a, it's like we 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 have literally sort of, or like sort of no animation scene, no animation business really. It's it's just like it's very very small, and it's everything is just made for children here. So I think like in Sweden everyone is just expecting animation to be a part of sort of children's culture. Uh, so when. <clears throat> So I think like coming from that, I think like when, when I showed it uh, at a cinema here, like the audience were just sort of like lying on the floor <laughs> laughing because like it's a, it's a rabbit with a, with trousers and it's, you know, like it's, it's because like it's just, uh, Visually, it's just so yeah. cute and yeah. so funny, you know, <laughs> but when I was in, um, like a, a couple of months later, I, I screened it in Annecy, which is like a, a very big sort of, um, French animation festival and in, in France like animation is quite a big part of their sort of it's a bit more like adult sort of highbrow culture uh, so, so people are much more like used to watching animation like that so like in that like huge cinema everyone's just like dead quiet like all through the film and one person was like laughing at one point and someone else were like shh <laughs> and they came up to me afterwards and it's like oh it's very kafka very kafka you know so so it, it was quite interesting to see how that film was uh, sort of um uh yeah how, how people uh, how people watched it or read it yeah yeah it's interesting because like america were 
I think that's been a slow thing, but there's been more adult animation. I think people are getting more mm-hmm. used to that, but it's still yeah, sort of, sure. yeah, we're not quite there yet, but like, I don't think anyone's shushing anyone yet, but. Well. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that, was, that was a bit extreme, but, but, it's, uh, <laughs> but I think it's, it's, uh, it's a bit, it's better in Sweden now as well. This was, uh, I, oh, well, it, was, it was like over 10 years ago. So, so I think yeah. things have happened for sure. Uh yeah, but it, it but it is funny because as we said too, like there, I think there are a lot of jokes in your work too. Like I, I also don't want if people are listening to this to get the impression like they, they, I find them very funny as well. Like there's a lot of good. I particularly, by the way, love the fish. Like the the fish to fish in when they're in like the the bathrobes and the. the oh yeah, yeah, in yeah. the garden, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that is funny, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I think I I always kind of I always. Um, aim to do something like this film will be even darker or this film will be even sort of I, 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 I'm quite fond of like really sort of dark things myself I really like sort of Hanneke and uh, David Lynch and you know like oh, yeah, and, yeah. and yeah. Lars von Trier and, and, and different um, that, that kind of, of, of those kind of films but, but it's like I think I think it's, it's hard to not just underline the silliness when it comes up. And I think like much of the sort of fun situations, just, it's not like, it's not like knee slapper. It's it's not like jokes, but it's more just, you know, we have a fish in a bathrobe singing about, um, you know, moving into a a hotel because he has such bad skin. So like, he doesn't want to hang out with anyone. You know, (laughs) I I think like, it's just, um, it's, it, it is some kind of humor that that I that I want to keep. I think it's just a part of. I guess it's just a part of me. I can't really get away from, like, I I I, I like it dark, but I, I also I also like fun. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, no, I think there's a brilliance to that too because I I think that everything you're saying like making it the animals and making it animation uh like there, there's a show here i don't know if you're familiar with it but bojack horseman which is kind of it also is animated yeah, and I, haven't, used... I haven't seen too much but I, i'm totally aware of what it is yeah, yeah. yes of but it but it kind of does that too where it's like you can mm-hmm. lean into the silliness of these are animals and do visual jokes about animals but then that kind of almost like it tricks people in like that gets people in the door to then you can explore this stuff that I think yes. if if you were if it was a live action film and the poster was like this is going to be you know an examination of like existential dread that people mm. understand it might be like ah, I don't but it's like you can kind of like explore these darker things and it feels safer somehow I think so yeah, it's some kind of just silly filter upon it all yeah. which, uh, which is a bit sort of and I think it's also something about the but you don't you don't necessarily like identify too much with like w- when it's real when it's real humans or even maybe human puppets i think that could be like a problem sometimes because you tend to look too much at the sort of you know just the, the, identifying yourself i think like when it's animals it's much more like this could be anyone i mean yeah. it's uh, uh this is and, and like aren't we all just sort of silly animals with like stupid outfits anyway, you know, like that, that, that's just us as well. By the way, sorry, I I remembered I wanted to ask you something and now I remember the question, which was you, cause you mentioned the zoos being empty 
And I think that that's very fascinating to think about in a world of animals of what would have been in the zoo. <laughs> like, would it have been animals? <laughs> well, for real, I think it was. Uh, I think it was like lions or tigers or something, or maybe it was monkeys. I don't remember. <laughs> but but I mean, uh, it's just. Uh, but I'm just curious what that yeah. says about their world <laughs> that they there are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Uh, that's yeah that's a good good question really but I, but I also you I, I kind of I use different like animal species for different films I like, like sort of different themes for for something to remember I used uh, for my animal characters I used uh, species that was sort of um, considered to be pests you know like yeah. uh, you know, rats and moles and, and slugs and, and city doves and, and uh, you know, animals like that. And for the burden, I actually used uh, uh, animals that are sort of very common in medical experiments. So, so those fish were actually, so I just had a sort of limited list to choose from. Like, I think that's uh, something that interests me as well, even though it's, it's not like... Uh, it's not like that everyone should sort of get that. It's just for me, basically. But but it is it is some kind of of, of fish uh, that is very common in animal experiments, and I had no idea about that, you know. But but it's um uh, it's just fun to sort of challenge yourself in that way. No, I love that because that, that's again that's what we were talking about before that attention to de- you get to pick every detail. So I love that you're you're thinking about what the animal represents possibly to the audience. So no, that's a great like added level to that. Um, well, what, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you're, you know, uh, you're getting ready to have another kid. So I understand if the answer is nothing, but is there anything that you're working on now that you want to, uh, talk about? Or? Well, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I have a couple of, um, you know, s- starts, you know, like very sort of early projects that I, that I hope to sort of, uh, Get, get out like maybe do some pitching with and so then I can sort of uh, be on maternity leave for a couple of months and just see like if if those are sort of catching anyone's uh, attention while I'm away <laughs> but it's uh, I have um I have a short film uh, that takes place in an airport that will be some sort of like weird kind of limbo thing with like really sort of weird weird characters in weird situations um, ends up with a big disaster, obviously, uh, because it's me. Uh, <laughs> but I've been, I've been really like fascinated with airports as well. So I think it's, it's, uh, it just feels really right for me to, to, to sort of discover that, um, that environment, just a sort of, sort of contradiction as well to this sort of lavish, like, brand boutiques and this like ridiculously expensive uh, smoothie shops and then you have like this detaining rooms on the bottom (laughs) floor where you sort of get stuck for hours because you have like the wrong color on your hair or you know like it's just uh, am I buying like a Ralph Lauren shirt or am I getting you know uh, in sort of some sort of weird prison for like five hours it's just uh, it's that sort of weird um uh, yeah, con- <laughs> contradictory feeling that that uh, I'm after, and I'm doing some uh, pitching on like a mini series as well. So we'll see, we'll see. It's uh, a few things that I hope will happen, but um, nothing decided yet. You do a lot of li- li- hits me liminal spaces, like these sort of you know spots that are you know transition points. I feel like, mm-hmm. like yeah, That's true. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I, there was one, so there was like one sentence when I went to your website that I read, but I, I would be remiss to not ask you more about this before I let you go, which is that yeah. it mentions that you did costume designing for David Bowie. And I need to know more about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was exciting for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am, um, me and my colleague, uh, Niklas Nilsson, uh, we, we work like quite rarely, but sometimes we work together as a sort of costume designer duo. Um, and and uh, we made the costumes for uh, the video Black Star with David Bowie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which one was one of his last videos. Yes. Uh, it was yeah. like a really very like heartbreaking and strange time, to be honest. It's, uh, because like no one really knew that he was that sick. You know, I think he really kept it a secret. Um, yeah, that album so, was kind of his goodbye. I felt like like yeah, listening to it. It's yeah. so powerful. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. and also just uh, uh, I mean, because we we of course we like interpreted his music and and the and the atmosphere in that video, and and it feels really strange to having kind of um, what do you say? I mean, like we, we that that you sort of gave something creatively into this whole picture that he sort of painted that was like actually a, a goodbye, but you didn't really know it uh, yourself. Yeah. So that it, it was a very sort of special situation. And, um, uh, but it, it was, um, I don't know what to say about it really. It was, it was, uh, it was a special time. And, and I mean, also quite sort of filled with like, you know, um, panic because it's like it's david bowie obviously and just like sort of uh uh dealing with that that sort of uh like how how do i even start with this like he, he's so i mean he's been like one of my idols like my yeah. biggest idols forever you know it's just uh, but also like you just need to do it you just need to work like it's a uh, yeah so it was uh, like a lot of anxiety for sure, but I think it turned out pretty good. Was there was there a lot of direct contact with him? Like, were you communicating back and forth with him, or were there sort of in between? It wasn't. It wasn't too. It was a bit. I mean, we we did uh, uh, we did go to uh, New York for like, but I think it was like only a day where he was filming. But then then most of the most of the video were made was made in um, in. Uh, Romania, actually. Uh, so that's like the biggest. And, and we did some um, back and forth, like on email and stuff like that. So it's, um, yeah, but it's, it's, I don't know how much I'm like, I, 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 I sort of signed so many NDAs. So I'm always like, well, I almost sweaty by just thinking about that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, something like that. Um, but but no, he, 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 he was quite private, uh, yeah. for sure. But yeah. that's such a cool experience. No, I'm I'm really glad that you got to have that experience because that, that is a lovely thing. I think we're all like for people who really love David Bowie that, yeah, you got to be some part of this goodbye thing. Yeah. It's such a wonderful like honor. Especially I feel like. when, when, you know, knowing what to happen after, you know, like it's because yeah. uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was a fantastic experience, even though it was also very sort of emotional and uh, yeah. terrifying <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, is there anything I have not mentioned that uh, you want to mention or anything I haven't asked about? Well, no, I, 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 it's hard to say, but I mean, it's, uh, I, I 
it's been a lovely, lovely talk. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it's <laughs> so great to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was very nice to talk to you. Thank you for, yeah, engaging me. Like, I love all this stuff. So it's like, thank you for like getting into the nuts and bolts with me about of course, <laughs> like of course, making this I mean. stuff. Uh, well, is there uh, at least like, do you want to, I know you have a website, like, is there, is there somewhere you want to point people to, to follow oh, you? Oh, don't or? go to my website. It's really crappy. <laughs> it's like, it's just, I need to, yeah, <laughs> don't go there. But, uh, but have a look at uh, the house on Netflix. Netflix. That would be fun. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I didn't it, ask much about that. Yeah. I haven't asked. I didn't mention the house much, but I did really enjoy that one too. That was an interesting because it's like an anthology where you're one of uh, three stories. One of three. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But so it's still, I, have the, I have the middle story out of three. Uh, it's still so. very on brand for you, that story of just like, like taking yeah. over. Yeah. No, so. it's, it was something different, but I think it was, uh, I had a lot of fun and I mean, I think it's uh it's also, it was really interesting to make something a bit longer and, and a bit more, less sort of fragmental or how you say it, like a, a sort of more, a, a real story with a, uh, with a sort of main character, which is played by Jarvis Cocker, which was really fun for me as a sort of Brit pop nerd from, <laughs> from the 90s. So it was fun. Yeah. So ha- have a look at that if you want to. And also, like, I, I guess the Criterion Channel uh, has has everything except I have not seen One Night in Moscow. That's the only one of your films that I can't find. No, but that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it's not an animated film. It's like a really crappy sort of marionette um, okay, but... kind of film that I, that was really just a sort of yeah. It's like an exam work from from way past so you you don't get to see it sorry <laughs> okay well that, that's the only one missing on my letterbox account i now have all of your films like i've seen them except that one so that's going to be the the missing Maybe i'll share it secretly with only you but it's okay. not it's it's um <laughs> it's uh, it's nothing to nothing to speak about <laughs> <laughs> i'm just a completionist i need to like, be done yeah, but... yeah okay. you have your list <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah but no this is so much fun thank you so much for doing this uh i really appreciate thank talking you for to you me. Yeah, and uh, congrats on the the baby. Like that's that's very yeah, exciting. Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. But yeah, should be should be fun. <laughs> All right, awesome. No, okay, thank you so cool. much. There you go. Great chat, right? I really enjoyed it. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope you go watch more of her work. If you enjoyed that interview, if you want more Hobo Radio interviews like it, there is a bunch to choose from on HoboTrashCan.com. Uh, if you're a fan of animation, I've interviewed Chris Parnell. I've interviewed Justin Roiland. Uh, you can check those out. Uh, I also have a really great chat that was really uh, wonderful to me uh, with Paulino Garcia, who was an animator for Disney during their sort of that wonderful period of animation when they were doing Little Mermaid and Lion King and Aladdin. Uh, so you can check that out. I've interviewed Gray Delisle Griffin, who's a prolific actor who's voiced a ton of characters, including stuff in Scooby Doo. You can check that out. I've talked to Hinden Walsh, who voices Starfire on Teen Titans Go. Just go check it out. There, there's really great stuff. I promise you'll enjoy it. Uh, and, you know, do all the things that you do like, subscribe. All of that stuff. Tell your friends about the show. It definitely helps. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, question everything.
of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. In a world where people watch movies. I think I'm going to watch a movie. Sometimes they don't like what they see. I don't like this movie. Sometimes, they look for the silver lining. Wait a second. I like this part of this movie. Joel and Andy, do that work for you. The Silver Linings Playback. 
I like this part of this podcast where they tell me the part of the movie I like. Every Monday on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts.